My name is Devin Roy, and I've been leading and managing teams for more than 30 years. I have expertise in coaching, interrogation, and strategy development. Most companies use a morning huddle to connect with their teams, to disseminate information, and to create alignment. I will share with you proven real-world strategies and techniques that will help you be more successful. So open your minds, listen closely. The morning huddle starts now. Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Morning Huddle. Today's show is part two of a three-part series on leadership impact. So we continue the conversation with me, Garrick, Philip, and Isaac. So sit back and enjoy the dialogue. All right, let's move on to the next uh, point here, guys. I know that while you are you, you all are very intelligent people, um, evidenced by how you're answering these questions. You guys are doing a great job, by the way but I'm sure you're working on something still, right? So what is it you're working on to continue to grow the elasticity of your leadership? So why don't we start with Philip this time? All right, so for this one, I'm a very direct person. So one of the things I'm working on is constantly working on is just taking a step back, listening, asking questions and allowing for my team to get there themselves. That's a great one. That's something I think many people struggle with, Philip. So good example. How about you, Meek? For me, I think something I'm always working on is how to give feedback to people whom I report to. I think as you get, as you go up the food chain, as you say, and people, I think, get less feedback as they get into higher positions. And so I'm learning that that happens. And it's been very important for me to figure out how to navigate still giving feedback because I think it's so important but also you know it's a lot more at stake the higher the positions are and the people are that you need to speak to but that's what I'm trying to navigate and always just make sure that I'm I'm still doing it but just taking the care that is necessary so the, re- the relationship is not ruined. No, that's excellent uh, in fact I think feedback hinges on the relationship or the response to it that is. Uh, I, have, I have a bit of a controversial belief when it comes to feedback or Uh, philosophy, I should say, because I think feedback can sometimes be more about arrogance and intelligence, how how smart I am as a, rather than trying to make someone better. And that's why I believe leading someone to self-discovery is less about the feedback from their leader, but more about the leader getting them to articulate what the problems are or what the change ought to be or what, what the plan should be. And that's a much better and much more effective way of doing it. So, but good comment. Uh, how about you, Isaac? Uh, I'd say for me, it's definitely just being consistent every day in my process. Um, it's, that's something that in the past has definitely been an opportunity for me. So that's something that I'm continuously trying to improve on, making sure that I have a good structure around the process and the way that I communicate things out to my team. And then also, I think just leaning into my strengths as a leader. So um, leveraging that and then being able to use that to my benefit um, versus trying to develop a ton of new skills all the time. I'm just really trying to go full bore on my my, uh, strengths. That's a really good point. And I agree with you, Isaac. You have to lean into your strengths. You know, we can show up weaknesses, but we're not going to ever be the expert in something that we're weak in because inherently we're just not good at it. But things that we are inherently good at it are things that we really should lean into and leverage and utilize to to gain more success. So really good point. 
Uh, Garrett, we'll finish up with you on this topic. I've been working a lot lately on language and communication, uh, especially around how what we say and how it's perceived. Um, I think one great example is the, uh, the word family. You know, a lot of people describe their team or their company as family. But what we don't realize is that for some people, the word family might not mean what we think it means. And family could be a bad situation for them. Um, so I just really think about words and how a lot of times what we say could carry some baggage um, with some people and just really crafting that message in a way that resonates the best with that so that they hear everything I want them to hear. Oh, that's a really good point. Really good point, Garrett. So why don't we do this? What questions do you guys have for me or for each other? Why don't we just sort of open it up? So Devin, one of the things I think um, that me talked about was giving upward feedback. In your experience, how have you approached that? What difficulties did you have to overcome to be able to give feedback to someone you reported to? Yeah, I, I think, again, my opinion or my philosophy, I should say, around feedback it's a little bit different than most people because I don't believe the words, me saying, for example, boss, I think you were wrong when you did this is important. What's important is that the boss believes that he or she was wrong when they did that. Does that make sense? I'm more concerned with the end result, okay? And I think we believe that our feedback has the power always to do that. Sometimes it does. When you have that kind of relationship with someone, you can say whatever you you know to them, and they'll get it. They understand it. You you know you have a caring, compassionate, trusting relationship. But when you don't, what do you do? You can't just give feedback because it won't be received uh, the way that you want it to be received. So you have to you have to lead people there. You have to say, what do you think about that, or what are your thoughts on this? And if that happens, then what? You know, you've got to lead the person to that point where they can say, I see what you mean. I see where you're going with this. Does that make sense? Yes. yes, again, that's the, the freight train in me who would very much so like to give the feedback and have it received. <laughs> Sometimes we give feedback and people miss the point. They think, well, he doesn't like me or it's about some extraneous reason as opposed to what you're really trying to convey to them. And so if we really want the person to understand that the behavior needs to change, We've got to lead them there through a series of carefully crafted questions that get them there. That's that to me, that's most important. So you guys have heard me talk about, and you've heard me talk about this in the past, I'm sure as well, about feedback. What are your thoughts on what I'm saying about feedback? Because the the um, sort of uh, the standard, I guess, if you will, uh, philosophy out there is that you have to give candid feedback. So I just want to hear your thoughts on that. It's almost in, impossible to give candid feedback when you, when the stakes are really high. Like I know that for me, I can't just walk into my boss's office and, and give candid feedback because, and it's not because we don't have a relationship, but you know, people have spent so many years in positions sometimes where that's just not the most considerate thing to do. So I find myself as I'm navigating this skill, asking questions, asking a lot of questions. And I think that's more along the lines of what you're saying you do, which is trying to lead to self-discovery. Um, but I find asking questions allows them to tell me what's going on. And then it's easier for me to give kind of my honest opinion of what I'm observing or experiencing. Yeah, I like what Meek's saying on that. 
and really staying curious and asking a lot of questions because the thing about feedback, it's, there's a lot of bias that goes into it. And sometimes it make a gross exaggeration. It's like, Hey, I want you to write your name up in the left hand. Why didn't you write it up in the right hand? It it's, comes from our preferences, especially as a boss. And that's where our feedback comes from. But there's a lot of different ways to do things. And when we're helping people through the process of self-discovery, learn how things should be done. One, that's going to go a lot longer of a way because it's going to be more sustainably driven because of their idea, not your idea. So they're going to try a lot harder to do it. And two, it's always going to be more effective that way. Yeah, definitely agree with that. And then just circling back to the point about relationships too, I think feedback is incredibly important and it's going to be receive no matter how you deliver it a lot better if you've taken the time to build a relationship with someone. And that's an important caveat, Philip, to feedback. And I think we sometimes miss that caveat, right? So candid feedback premised on the type of relationship you have, I think has to be something we have to insert in there. Yeah, absolutely. And also like going back to my thing with language, we use the word but quite a bit, you know, it's like, hey, I like the way you did this, but there can be an and. You don't have to like apples or oranges. You can like apples and oranges. And a lot of time we get caught up in that and saying like the total effort just wasn't meeting expectations. But a lot of feedback is driven around, you know, just a very small part of the overall process. And we lose sight of that a lot of times and just make it all about the thing that went wrong. Yeah, absolutely. And I think more importantly, we go into coaching conversations thinking about the feedback we're going to give and not about what we could learn. Perhaps our feedback is wrong. Perhaps our perceptions are wrong. And so we have to go into the conversation thinking, what can I learn today from this conversation so that I can help guide this individual in the right way? It's like trying to diagnose something without even seeing the patient. Uh, does that make sense? So we've got to go through the checklist of questions that we need to, to understand the problem, what's causing the problem, and then and then help that person uh, figure out a solution. Yeah, and I also think that another valid point is having the ego be removed from the conversation. So being able to have that feedback conversation where there's not egos involved in both of it allows you to actually get to the root cause of things and have a more direct conversation versus um, other things getting in the way. And then another piece is, I know this is something that me and you talked about in the past, seven, um, knowing the individual that you're talking to and how they receive certain information and being able to tailor your uh, feedback to that individual and how they receive it. So I think that those are two things that also can make a big difference in feedback. 100%. Good point, Isaac. You know, feedback can be a gift. But the power of that feedback is in the eye of the beholder. The most impactful feedback, however, that one can hear is in the audibility of their own words. Lead them to self-discovery and help them give articulation to their foibles and to areas where improvement is needed. A coaching relationship in which you always force them to look inward makes you a tool in their development rather than just an evaluator of their flaws. That's it for today's show in part two of a three-part series on leadership impact. I hope you've enjoyed today's discussion and I hope you've been enriched by what you've heard in the morning huddle.